1: Welcome to the Nerd Party.
0: They can travel anywhere in time and space.
1: Off we go into time and space! So all of time and all of space are sitting out there. Welcome to Time and Space, one married couple's adventure through the Doctor Who universe. I'm Jessica Nunn.
0: And I'm her constant companion, Philip Gilfus. So, darling, how far are you in your Doctor Who rewatch? Oh. You finished 10.
1: I have finished 10, yes. I'm about halfway through the second season of 11. You're
0: just going through fast.
1: Yes, yes. I watched a lot today, actually, while I was doing some work. So, yeah, I'm doing a lot about River Song at the moment.
0: Anything, well, I guess very quickly, Last we talked, you were still going through Donna Doctor, hmm. and then I guess you went through the specials, and then end of time. Yeah,
1: I skipped the specials, because I'd seen them fairly recently, so...
0: Yeah, and then now you've got a little bit of Eleven and Amy. Anything that struck out at you as you've revisited these?
1: Um, it's interesting that with the Eleventh Doctor, his companions have names, in terms of The Girl Who Waited, The Impossible Girl, right. you know, of course we ha- I haven't gotten to Clara yet, but I know what she's going to be called. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that's interesting that his companions have titles of sorts.
0: And did you feel, because, you know, you sort of witnessed the Russell T. Davies to Stephen Moffat change in administration, ah. so did you feel it was that much of a difference? I mean, a new doctor, of course, a new company get that reset, but... Yeah, you know, the subtle things. Uh,
1: so is that the, the switch, the switches with the Doctors? A little bit. It feels like the 11th Doctor tends to have more overarching stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the, the adventure of the week, obviously, but then there's also, you know, like the silence.
0: And The Crack in the Wall. And
1: The Crack in the Wall, and River Song's History, um, which I haven't done a whole lot of, but I know is coming up. History. All of those sorts of... Don't do that. Um, all of those sort of long storylines, um, which I tend not to be as huge a fan of. Possibly because when I watch, I'm not always giving it my 100% attention. And so, keeping up with—don't shake your head at me; that's rude. So, keeping up with an overarching storyline on top of the the weekly episode uh, tends to get me confused sometimes.
0: Cool. Well, I look forward to you finishing up. And since we don't actually have a lot of twelve, we'll have to figure out maybe how to acquire that so you can continue. Yeah,
1: we've got some on video. Or not video, that's that's proper old school, isn't it? That's right. We have some on Blu ray, I think. Oh, that reminds me last New Year's Eve, uh, when we went up to Virginia and, and we were watching Doctor Who or the plan was to watch Doctor Who on Blu ray and
0: Left the remote at home and apparently D V D players need remotes. Yeah. Or Blu ray players need but remotes.
1: But it was it was a sweet idea. The thought anyway. that exactly. Exactly. So Shall we talk about Doctor Who the movie? Yes. The eighth Doctor and his initial appearance in Doctor Who the movie continues to be an interesting and debated part of the Doctor Who franchise. This 1996 attempt to revive Doctor Who via a TV movie was a ratings hit in the UK, not so much in the US. Since this was a joint venture of 20th Century Fox and the BBC, it was primarily Fox that would make the call whether this backdoor pilot would lead to continued Doctor Who. It was not to be, and the series would remain dormant until the 2005 renewal with The Ninth Doctor.
0: So I thought it was interesting, now that you've seen this, uh, you sort of have to retrospectively timey-wimey this in your head, Mm. with... You can imagine my surprise, you know, this is obviously the only 8th Doctor appearance, you know, 1996, and so we go through the entire, you know, all those intervening years, then we get to the revival, 9, 10, 11, so you can imagine my surprise when, like, oh, 50th anniversary, there's a little episode that Moffat released, and it's the night of the Doctor, and who should appear, I'm the Doctor. But not the one you were expecting. And I'm like, oh my god, it's Paul McGann, and so
1: again because well, he's in everything.
0: Yeah, but like after all those years, I was just so not surprised, but glad that they had remembered their history. Because again, this is it the, for the Eighth Doctor, mm-hmm. Doctor. That's it. No more. There's no, I mean, other than maybe some graphic appearances, like with when you may have saw well, Lovin's first episode. You know, when they flash all the. Faces of yes, the Doctor, yeah, but anyway, course. Yeah. but I, I, you know, we can talk about that guy. We're being timey wine but that was just, I was just so glad they brought him back. Of course, he had his different look because Paul McGann looks different. Yes, um, and yeah. they sort of have in the audio dramas. That's how the Eighth Doctor now looks. But anyway, so anyway, but let's let's begin with a little more broad view. Okay, so Doctor Who comes back after you know since nineteen eighty nine. You know, it was it was canceled and sort of had. Ended And so, 96, here it comes. Doctor Who is back as a TV movie. Yes. And so, I remember, I think I watched this when it came on. And I I think this was really before I knew Doctor Who at all. And, I mean, I can remember watching it on Fox, because that's who co-produced it. And I don't know necessarily what I made of it back then, being all of 15. Um, But, anyway, but viewing it now, how does it, as a TV movie, do you think...
1: It was so TV movie, yes. wasn't it?
0: Yes.
1: So, it's so bloody American.
0: Yeah, now this is an interesting thing. When we went to London and we're at the Who shop, um, there was a poster that we talked about, I think, in our episode when we recounted our visit. But they had a poster of the Doctor Who movie signed by, of course, Paul McGann and Sylvester McCoy. Um, and I think I brought that up to the the person that we were talking to, of course, that was his personal opinions, not that it was of the Who shop. <laughs> and so that was, you know, he, the criticism is that it was too American, but he's like, look, it was a British director, it was a British writer, it was co-produced by the BBC, which I'm sure is all true, but...
1: It was so know. bloody American.
0: <laughs> so expound upon that, darling.
1: Um, yes, I think the whole inner city, um, the gang violence the yeah the the master being eric roberts and i like eric roberts i have nothing against him as an actor but he felt so misplaced in that or maybe it's paul mcgann who was ultimately the one who was misplaced in all of that american world i just didn't yeah
0: hey, i think there's a, a line from grace that she's like oh and you're british or something he's like oh I, I suppose i am or something like that
1: yes yeah and i and maybe that's the problem i mean it is the doctor so he's not british obviously um, but he sounds British co- because he's with British people. It's like the moments in uh, the Van Gogh episode with the uh, with the 11th Doctor where Amy's talking to Van Gogh and Van Gogh says, oh, that accent, are you Dutch like I am? Because he has a Scottish accent too.
0: <laughs> and so
1: it's like they're, because their accents match, it's this little joke. And so then for him to be transplanted into America... Uh, and and have a British accent, you know. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yes, and I think there were... I mean, I'm not going to sit here and and poke the whole movie, but because I think it is of its time, of course, you can say a lot of classic Who, and even New Who is of its time. Yes, yeah. So that's not necessarily a a critique, but sort of the the bigness of it is, but in a TV movie way. Like, I'm just imagining uh, Grace in her dress... For half the episode. Yes. <laughs> it was a little yeah. much like, look, I'm mean, not that I... She I'm...
1: has surgery in that dress. They just throw some scrubs on her.
0: <laughs> I mean, it was, it was very... Uh, not Chicago Hopi, but you could see a medical drama doing that in yes. the 90s. Yeah. Uh, and it
1: felt a little bit like In the Heat of the Night, sort of cop movie, kind of that grittiness mm-hmm. that I don't normally feel from... Uh, from doctor who and maybe maybe that was my problem and whether that's actually down to it being too bloody american or made in 96 you know it could be a combination of those things or a fox tv movie or a fox tv movie yeah i I think that it was not the best of combinations because
0: in 1996 if i recall and it's a little a few years ago. Go ahead,
1: please, once again, tell us how young you were. <laughs> no, no, entire.
0: but I'm just saying it was a few years ago, but, you know, Fox wasn't. As big as it is now. I mean, it was sort of like, no, oh, Fox, true. haha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're a real network, you know. Of course, I mean, they are, you know. Of course,
1: much- now we say that, but no. <laughs> <much.
0: laughs> but, but as far as cable, you know, it's, it's Fox, of course, everyone. Mm, but, you know, yeah. it, it was sort of the fledgling, redheaded stepchild, I can say, being redheaded, of, of TV. Like, yeah, uh,
1: you're absolutely right. It was the, the the bottom. It was the fourth one, and it was at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, we're getting you know. Think about in living color and things yeah, like that. Which
0: I love that. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, but it was very offbeat or very you know mm, fringe, little bit
1: quirky, a little bit fringy. Yeah, which then once it became more mainstream, I guess the CW, which was at the time was the WB, that goes a little fringe. And then
0: you have UPN, and you know, then the explosion more after that. Yeah, but um, so let's kind of get a little bit into the story. We're not gonna like. Go through the whole movie per se, but let's just go through some of the characters. So there's uh, Grace, who's our companion for the e- for the evening. I thought it was interesting that in the credits, because again, this is a TV movie, and they have sort of guest appearance Like it's a movie, you can't have a guest, guest appearance, appearance in a, in a film. film. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But anyway, but what'd you think of Grace as our sort of? New companion, at least for this series. I
1: liked her as a character. We get um, a doctor,
0: right? In the Just like Martha.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Didn't like the romance. Didn't feel like that was particularly necessary, except it's a TV movie, so but, they mean, all have romances. I'm sure,
0: even back in the 90s, well, you know, a little young people, but I guess, you know, in the 2000s when you were, you were young, I'm sure, you meet a strange man who pops up in your car, you take him home, right? That's just standard stuff.
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was doing in the '90s. Um,
0: <laughs> I was kind of like, um, "Is this the pre-9/11 society? Is that what it was?" <laughs>
1: stop stop <laughs> making society pre-stuff. Yeah.
0: But, um, but yeah, I you know thought she was both intelligent where she needed to be, and the I don't know what's going on, you know, which is the, always the companion. She wasn't. Damsel in distress, right, which I always look for in a companion. Yes, or, not or, or,
1: too much. Not right. too much. She had her moments.
0: I mean, she, she was mind-controlled by the master, but it was... Really easily. Yeah. Like,
1: really easily. Like, he winked at her, and she was like, okay, I'm going to do whatever you tell me to.
0: Um, but we still you know, see her being a competent doctor. Yes, or Or yeah. um, I believe she was a cardiologist, anyway.
1: Yes, although she does kill him. Yes. So, you know, competency. <laughs> yes,
0: well... The two hearts, it will always get you.
1: Yes, I've heard that. Though it was I'm
0: a very, thinking. like, Houser or or ER with, the, like, the, the, the boss doctors throwing it away. And I was like, yeah. surely doctors are not and,
1: and then her quitting <laughs> yes. over it. And, yeah.
0: And then had the weird romance. Her, like, ex-boyfriend. Was like, that was a whole weird thing. Yeah, especially she him because, at the because we thing.
1: only see him that one time when, she, when uh, she has to walk out of the opera because she's been paged. And he throws a big old temper tantrum and takes, and takes the sofa. And I just think, did you not know what you were signing up for, mate?
0: She was the 90s, darling, back then.
1: Women I mean, didn't have careers, <laughs> yes. No, you're absolutely right. He was in the right. He deserved the bloody sofa.
0: <laughs> I mean, gosh. I mean, this is going to sound silly. The internet is just around. I mean, you know, it's internet been around, but, like. Just really getting to be a thing. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just.
1: Yeah, no, I was at uni at the time, mm-hmm. and we had internal internet. We could send emails to other people in the at the university, but that was pretty much it.
0: And then we had Cheng Li as the other character. I almost sort of classify him as the master's companion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to an
1: extent.
0: When you watched, we watched this separately because um, we're obviously having marital problems. Yeah, yeah. But you texted afterwards, I have so many questions and issues. And I am like, you know, we want to save it for the podcast, of course. But I said, you know, hit me with what you think. And you had some opinions about Mr. Lee.
1: I did. I did. I found his character very interesting. He is a hoodlum at the beginning. At the very beginning. He like, shoots at He's cops shooting and people. things. Yeah. Yes. And then a rival gang or something like that then shoots at him. And it's only the doctor's timely arrival that saves him. And in the process, the doctor gets shot. So this gangbanger decides to call an ambulance, wait with this stranger, ride in the ambulance with him, stay at the hospital until he hears the news that he's dead, and then steal his stuff and run away. And I found all of that really incongruous, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's very, very strange.
0: Also, what would you do with gold dust? Can you just throw that out there? Like, if someone just walked to me. And, like, Well, there's...
1: maybe that's what you'd do with gold dust, is just throw it out there. <laughs> like the ghost of Christmas presents.
0: There you go. Like but I'm back. just like, here's gold I'm like, where do you... You don't take that to a bank. I don't know what, you, what do you do with two bags Je- of gold. Jewelry
1: dust? shop. I don't. Know. Uh, leprechaun I Valley. See, leprechaun
0: Valley, but yeah. then again, it's America where you're going to find a decent leprechaun.
1: Well, no, I mean, I think if it's New York City, you're going to have. But San Francisco. Oh, is it San Francisco? I did not remember that. Well, in that case, I got nothing. I was going to say the New York boroughs, there's going to be an, a leprechaun alley somewhere. But more, San Francisco is not known for its leprechauns. Not at all.
0: I mean, that's why it was more of a Chinese influence. Not that they don't have a Chinatown in New York, but that's why it's more at the oh, Bay Area. Oh,
1: okay. Yes. I just assumed they were racist.
0: <laughs> well, we'll we'll leave that for others to decide. <laughs> yeah, yes. Now, we have <laughs> Eric Roberts. I was okay. going to say the master. I'm like, I don't know. It's just Eric Roberts. But... We have the Master. I don't know. And I think with Doctor Who, as opposed to, say, my other property, Star Trek. Star Trek, I'm I'm very hard on. You know, continuity. Yes, you can bend it. But really, guys, you know what you're doing. Doctor Who, I'm not as tight about. You know, they can play with it. That's fine. It's all timey-wimey. Right. And that's fine. I'm not. not but so with the Master, I'm like try, not trying to figure out where he fits in the Master's lives. You know... Because we have uh, the Ansley, or last name, Ansley Master, that we was sort of the actor who played it for years and years during the classical era from mm. the fifth Doctor, I believe, to, of course, the seventh Doctor. So now we have the Master, and they throw a lot of, of name dropping of like, yes, the Master was, I guess, put on trial for his crimes on Skaro, home of the Daleks. And that was like, okay, well, maybe they should just chose Scarrow just because, you know. And then I swear halfway through the movie, they're like, yeah, the Daleks, or the Daleks are the ones who executed him. I'm like, what? That doesn't make any What? Mm. Anyway. And then they just put his ashes or goo in a box and somehow he's still alive, which is fine. It's the master. He does that. Yeah. Turns into a snake.
1: Yeah. We can live with Tommy. Yeah. That. The master yeah. does
0: all that. But anyway, so he inhabits Eric Roberts. I'm sure that character had a name. But anyway, and but he was
1: the ambulance guy, wasn't he? He was the, the EMT, yeah.
0: Um, which the Master has done before, because the Ansley Master—I'm um, sorry to call him that—but just so you know what I'm talking about, that's sort of how I remember that. I can't remember exactly, but do the, the Fifth Doctor story where he sort of took Nissa's dad, I believe, and it's off my top of my head, and sort of transformed into his body. So the Master has that ability. That's that's very continuity high. But what, sort of, what did you think of this version of the Master? Because you know, it's a role to play. I mean, as a director, you always play big when you're the master. Yes. I mean, well, yeah. I think Missy maybe would have been was little well, not as big. You know, I mean, she is, but she sort of contains it. But I think all yes. the other master, John Sims, um, and then the classic ones you've seen tend to be, mo-ha-ha-ha, you know, yes. But what do you think of this masters?
1: Um, I sometimes struggle to see Eric Roberts as anybody other than Eric Roberts. I'm spending the entire time going, huh, Eric Roberts, okay. Um, which I don't think is. Necessarily a criticism of him, it's uh, that may just be my quirk. Um, I did like, and we'll, uh, I'm I know we're going to come back to this when we go into the TARDIS library, but I did like the continuity of the last time we saw the doctor
0: with, mm-hmm. or the
1: last time we saw the master with the seventh doctor and the cats. It was these green eyes, and we see that again in this. So that gave us that little bit of a callback that Doctor Who's so famous for that I so enjoy. So that was a nice...
0: I mean, the Master suddenly has the power to mind control people. That's a new one, but whatever. He's done lots of stuff in the past again. I'll grant you for this episode or this movie. Sure. Yeah. I
1: don't I don't think that skill reappears. Maybe that was Eric Roberts' skill.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: And uh like
0: well, keeps getting worked. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. There's actually it was a nice lovely article about him in Vanity Fair I think that I sent you.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and those are more mostly the main characters, you know, so
1: Yeah, that was pretty much it.
0: Now some continuity which and I know this sounds like I'm mansplaining, but I don't mean to, but th- that <laughs> you can connect. So the Eye of Harmony. If you remember the deadly assassin with the fourth doctor, Mm -hmm. remember the, the burned master was trying to that's the Eye of Harmony. Ah. Now, what the Eye of Harmony is doing from Gallifrey is suddenly powering the TARDIS. Yeah.
1: Timey-wimey. I don't know. know.
0: Yeah. I mean, which again, I don't get that. I mean, if you're a diehard Doctor Who, Whovian, and I can see the continuity may bother you with that one, but Anyway.
1: I just kind of <laughs> skip over those bits in my brain. It just looks
0: like, ah, we want to use something from the past. They're like, well, they couldn't wiki something in 96, but whatever. <laughs> Ask Gs. I don't know what they were doing back then. They were they were firing. Using
1: a- that little paper clip that shows up when you're they using They fired Microsoft up Netscape <laughs>
0: <Word>. and then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Connected through their phone line. Yeah, that's
0: right. But anyway, so, you know, it's, it, they're trying and, and that's fine, and, you know. One thing you you talked about since we've gone through the characters, you know, one character that's always in Doctor Who is the TARDIS. Yes. And you had something to say about the TARDIS control room. Yes,
1: it's the first, and again, um, running into the rewatch, I've just gotten to the one where um, the TARDIS had been blown up and all of that stuff, and so they're redoing... The bedrooms, the doctor talks about redoing Amy and Rory's bedroom. And Amy and Rory say, oh, can we not have bunk beds this time? And he's like, "Book bunk beds are fun. And Rory says, doctor, do you have a bedroom? And it's not answered. That, that question goes completely unanswered. Um, and that was what was interesting about this. We see the seventh doctor and then the eighth doctor at the end and the t- the center of the TARDIS is like a living room and it or a smoking room almost. You know, it's got the fireplace and the music. Well, and- see,
0: the American audience needed to know this was a British character, darling.
1: Oh, well, if you need to let people know that. That's why he was drinking tea. Always, yes, and wearing a smoking jacket. Um, he may at one point have said, pip. <laughs> Um, which always clues people in. So yeah, it was the first time I'd ever seen the TARDIS used as a living quarters. You know, we don't know. We know there's a library. We know there's a swimming pool. It used to be in the library. (laughs) We don't know where it is now. We know there are corridors, but we don't ever really see any of the other rooms. And this time, of course, it does also harken back to the fourth. Doctor, where you had the professor, yes, and his TARDIS was his office in so, Shada. Yeah, yes, yeah. of yeah.
0: course, Shada. V- very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me very slightly because on the TV movie, obviously they had a little bit of a budget, not a lot, but they had really? a little bit of a budget. Reminds me a little bit of, and you haven't seen it yet, I don't think. Um, the Fourth Doctor, you know, because he was Doctor for a while, he had sort of a leather. Almost console near the end that he started using, so you'll have to look out for that.
1: Well, that's kinky.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, as as we went to the 70s. and and Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. (laughs) But, yeah, I I did think it was a nice touch. You know, if you look at all the TARDIS consoles, they're usually a little more sci-fi-y. Even in, like, say, the 12th Doctor, who has a bit of a library for a TARDIS, yes, but it's still yeah. TARDIS-y, console Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. has a chalkboard. Yeah, it's
0: and, a very tactile. Yeah, This one's like straight-up living room and there's just a TARDIS control in the middle of it. It <laughs> just happens to be, yeah. <laughs> Which is fine, but I just don't like this desktop. <laughs>
1: yeah, and maybe that that was an attempt to sort of calm down some of the sci-fi to make it more palatable to north american audiences
0: yeah because it's well
1: that may be really snobby of me to say well but- i
0: mean it, it almost borders and this is where we get into our divide it's almost a little more fantasy than sci-fi you know when you talk about the doctor who you like you said you don't like the sci-fi as much as the other yes ones. Absolutely. So, i mean there's i mean there's some time but not really it's more there's a Giant snake, and you got to open a thing, and mind control, and I guess that's sci-fi. But
1: yeah, that part felt. In fact, the whole thing to me, because we didn't get the interesting aliens, other than the snake and hmm. things like that. And I do prefer the the more fantasy orientated. I like it when they go to Shakespeare or Van Gogh or other planets, as opposed to astronauts and on the moon, on the moon. The
0: and... But I noticed that the TARDIS itself. And again, you have to sort of backwards remember this. You know, pre-Who. new This, you know, this is sort of that. This is sort of <laughs> say the, that three times. This back. is the Oliver new Cromwell new of Doctor Who. Who. Oh, oh. The interregnum period here. So, but the TARDIS itself looked kind of rickety. I mean, the actual shell they used. Mm. I'm like, did you pull that out of storage? Like, I mean, for all I know, that may be the classic TARDIS. For all I know, but just sort of like, I would be afraid to touch. Also, it.
1: to be fair, as soon as it shows up. Gangsters blow holes in it Yes So there's that too
0: Yes I that was very subtle I know we're kind of going A little over the place Very subtle opening titles it's Sort of like You know sort of little The traditional mm-hmm. well, I say traditional Because it's sort of That was sort of a, Of the first modern time vortex It's not just the static Swirly kaleidoscope You actually get a little bit more Of a what we would see Later in 2005
1: Yes And it didn't creep me out Quite as badly As that kaleidoscope Off times does
0: Mm-hmm but any other sort of aspects of the movie or the story before we get into Ooh. the doctors themselves?
1: Half human.
0: Well, we're going to get into the doctors. So. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes, that. Trust me, we will get into that first. I just wanted to start quickly with the seventh doctor, so Sylvester McCoy. When they do Doctor Who revival or or whatever you want to call this, you're you're always scared nowadays when when your favorite favorite property is being done as a movie or whatever reboot. You know, is this a reset button? Are we throwing everything out the window? But for Doctor Who, the TV movie, they're like, no, no. We're we're continuing on. We're gonna get the seventh Doctor, McCoy. You know, we're gonna do a regeneration. We're gonna do the whole bit, you know. And so though I was a little worried watching this because it has been a while since I've watched it. I'm like, does he have any lines in this? Because they're just sort of, it's heavy voiceover in the beginning, which I'm not too much of a fan of. But it's McGann who's doing the voiceover, yeah. but it's still mccoy which was like why don't you get so much mccoy to do the voiceover Anyway, i'm sure there's did some... he
1: have lines
0: he, a little bit very little
1: i was gonna say because he comes out of the tardis and they shoot him and he dies yeah. and that's pretty much oh no because he does In the hospital. protest yeah doesn't want to go under the anesthesia and things like that
0: but i thought it was interesting they did sort of when i when we first see him he's a little more muted because he's not wearing his sort of jumper, or, you know, I don't know to call it, sweater vest with all the question marks that you see on the mm-hmm. TV. So it's a little more muted, you know, dark tones. But then when he gets out, he does put on the hat, and like, yes, there he is. That's that's the seventh Doctor that I know. And one thing I was sort of anticipating, like, oh, no, is that, you know, the TARDIS appears, you know, gang's like, the Doctor steps out. Ah, ha, ha. And I'm like, that is the worst, dumbest, cheap Doctor Who death ever. But of course, as I rewatched it, it's not the gang that kills him, as you say. It's the doctors. Like he probably would have. Oh
1: like, yes, lived. Yeah. I think yeah. he was almost if healing. Him. Left him alive. And he basically
0: like jammed something into his heart and killed him. And I was like, wow, that's doctors killed him.
1: Yeah, that, that they were doing some sort the of probe thread thing. Yeah. So I
0: thought that was sort of a, a weird and interesting death. And that, you know, the anesthesia almost stopped his regeneration, he said. Yeah. And I thought it was, it was interesting. But anyway, I was glad they got the seventh doctor.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, it's one of the things that I love about Doctor Who is that no matter how much time has gone past, chances are excellent that if you call an actor up and say, hey, you want to make a reappearance in the show? They're going to go, yep, unless they're Chris Eccleston.
0: Yes, but he's an actor, darling.
1: He He is indeed,
0: so yeah, like I said, it's a sad goodbye to McCoy, who I actually have a good part in my heart for the seventh doctor' Cause he, I mean the grand scheme of things he was only doctor for a short time.
1: And at least he got a goodbye. That's I mean, true. again, That's when true. we come to the TARDIS library.
0: Yeah, not everyone gets a goodbye. Yeah. So, we have the regeneration. Now, what do you think? This is perhaps the most unique, I would say, regeneration.
1: In terms of doing it in a body bag?
0: Yeah, and the you know stretchy face and the lightning and the, mm. you know, because all the, again, this is the interregnum, so I don't know whether they call this classic who or not, but classic who, you sort of have the fade, usually. Mm-hmm. And then with New Who, you have sort of the, the quantum leap.
1: Light, yeah. yeah.
0: but this one was sort of a little bit different. And in case you didn't get, darling, that this is new life, because I think it's probably confusing, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to oh, show God. Frankenstein, just so you can get the metaphor yeah, <laughs> that it's a new life going. That's
1: <laughs> <it's> so American. <laughs>
0: yeah. well, a TV movie, I would like to say, in defense of the land I love.
1: But, yeah, <laughs> I, I found that. Because, and maybe it's you know, for new who people, you know, who have never said, but I was just like, really, really?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that is one thing that it is hard to view this. I mean, I suppose you could watch it again and try to view it that you don't know anything about Dr. Who. Mm. And in, cause they don't really be like, Oh yeah, when he dies, he, I don't know if they actually say that. I don't even know if they say the word regeneration. Maybe he does, but I think you just sort of have to go with it if you don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I wonder
0: if that's a struggle of, of, of this TV movie that it didn't catch on. Because if you know it, you know it. Maybe that's why the UK ratings, because of course they know what Doctor Who is, versus America, which had low ratings because maybe they just didn't get it. But anyway. So let's talk about a new Doctor. The eighth Doctor, Paul McGann. So we get a new Doctor with new abilities.
1: Yes, and he steals his clothes from a locker room.
0: Now, in case you forgot, darling, from earlier in the movie, they (laughs) wanted to remind you that one of the characters was going to dress up as Wild Bill Hickok, or whatever it was. Buffalo Bill.
1: Buffalo Bill, I think it was. was. I don't (laughs) think it was Wild Bill Hickok, but yeah.
0: (laughs) So luckily there was a costume party going on. Now, I do like, of course, we had to get the call, and they did it. He opens the locker, What's the first thing he pulls out is a scarf.
1: Oh yes, of course. Yes, <laughs> that's right. The the
0: yes, fourth doctor. fourth
1: doctor's scarf. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so we at least got a nod, which you know that's what we got to appreciate because you know the doctor getting his wardrobe. I think that was always a cool. You never know how is he going to get the new look. You know?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And since he's not anywhere close to his,
0: he's quite naked at this point. He's, he's
1: quite naked and not anywhere near his TARDIS. So mm-hmm. needs must. Us. Luckily, a
0: costume party was going on, so he could dress. Like a Victorian cowboy character.
1: Cowboy. He's, he's he's
0: Well, the jacket's the cowboy.
1: Buffalo Bill.
0: But yeah,
1: so yeah, it's a little bit muddy <clears throat> on the nose. But, right? Yeah.
0: Anyway, so but I don't know which, and then you know, of course, this being a new regeneration, you have to deal with him not knowing who he is. You know, like I said, new regeneration doctor goes crazy. That's pretty typical. But of course, you don't really get a sense of who the doctor is. But I think you get a little bit from him. But I don't know. What you think, other than, we're going to talk about his special abilities and even his special origin, but just the character. What did you sort of think of the Eighth Doctor? What little we saw.
1: Yeah. I, he was alright. He was alright. I liked liked what he was doing with it.
0: Had some, you know, dry humor. Or not dry, you know, funny stuff, but still serious. and.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I have a little bit of a special place in my heart for this guy anyway, because I feel like he got the short shift. Yes. You know, I'm just like, oh. He did one ninety-minute episode, and then you were gone, and that makes me sad for you.
0: Sort of a, a weird asterisk in Doctor Who history. Yeah, that's why I said I was so glad he got to come back for the fiftieth to sort of acknowledge. Yes, he was the Doctor, everyone, and just as much as anyone else.
1: Just thought. as much as anyone else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: So new abilities. Well, let's you know. Let's screw it. Let's go with the headline. Half human.
1: That's what they say.
0: Half human. Yeah. Now, I, if I don't know if you remember, I also brought this up at the Who shop. And that's where the gentleman sort of went into the history of establishing what we think we know. We think we know, you know, episode one, it's Bill Hartnell. He's like, yes, I'm a Time Lord from Gallifrey. No. He's like, no. You know, it's like, you know, they mention like Time Lord in this episode. And Gallifrey doesn't get mentioned until like, you know, this other episode, like, you know, a decade later. And then the 13 regenerations isn't until the fourth doc, you know, and so it's and the two hearts doesn't come along you know and so this sort of building the story of who the doctor is so we've never said he wasn't half human you know why does he keep visiting this planet you know you think would have been brought up before then but i don't know what what (laughs) how do you because i mean I, i think you have just as role as any other fan jessica what do you think is that something you're like gonna put like oh he's half human or i don't know if that fits into my continuity
1: yeah i don't think it fits into my continuity mm-hmm. um but that's okay i can bump over that mm-hmm. with relative ease and and move on from it and go uh, it's the one with the asterisk beside <laughs>
0: it sort of the record scratch for the movie i you know maybe there's some other moments too but that's the sort of one you're like what because they say it twice and you're like
1: ah. yeah i i do remember bumping on it at the time going huh ah?
0: now of course If you ever have a problem, I always remember the 11th Doctor who says the first rule concerning the Doctor, the Doctor always lies.
1: Yes, absolutely. I need you to trust me, but sometimes you lie to me. Of course, if I told you the truth all the time, I wouldn't need you to
0: trust me. (laughs) Yes. Now, I guess, because I can, whatever, play with that. Anyway, but, so we have a time telepathic Doctor who can look at you and be like, oh, in fifty years you'll be doing this.
1: Oh yeah. Don't well He doesn't take Gareth,
0: which is a hundred percent American name. Everyone here yeah, in America is named Gareth. Gareth.
1: Yes. I sort of assumed it was because he had been in their time stream. I didn't assume it was a psychic thing. Although I understand I I appreciate the fact that but I feel like that's what they were trying to do. It is strange that he was in the psychic, you know, in the time stream of all of the people that he was surrounded by. Because uh, for
0: a moment, I feel like there is a moment he tries to do it with Grace, and she's like, oh, don't. I don't want to know. Yeah. He's like, don't no. you want to know? She's like, no.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I think what they were, I think they were trying to convey timey-wimey. Right. And it came off looking Psychic. Right. So they didn't explain it very clearly, but I felt like that was it, that they had, you know, that they had run into each other in the future.
0: Okay. I can retcon that for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, that was, that was what I'm going with anyway.
0: hmm But yeah, yeah. So I, I, <laughs> doctors on a motorcycle, all got nice little action, I suppose, for the, for the American audience.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to think of all because of the, there's not a lot to it, and that's not necessarily a criticism. But as far as story, because there's a lot you got to do, you got to introduce characters, you got to introduce concepts, and all these things. And
1: again, all of that's a hard sell when you're
0: with commercials, of course. <laughs>
1: yeah, when you're introducing all of the new people, you know, because you don't just have to introduce the new people in this movie. You have to introduce who Doctor Who is. Mm-hmm. To an audience that doesn't have that knowledge I mean he was uh, Doctor Who was playing on PBS it's not like nobody had the knowledge of it but in terms of trying to hit a mainstream American audience it's a hard sell mm-hmm. it's a hard sell
0: and of, so we get the version at the end of just the doctor sort of book ending just back listening to his broken record yes that's his time because I don't know if you got it darling He's, he travels in time.
1: Travels in what? Time. 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 Yeah. There there were a few...
0: Heavy-handed. (laughs) Heavy-handed. Yes, I think
1: that. I I feel like perhaps the writers didn't give the audience as much credit as they deserve.
0: But that was the 90s, of course. Well, I say that. Yes. Eventually, a little series called West Wing would premiere two years later. That tended to be a little more ahead of its audience. Well, there you go. But, you know, as all writing in TV and TV movies evolves, this was sort of... Yeah. par for its course i suppose yeah so just briefly i know this is sort of a thought experiment can you imagine a series yeah you know what this this works now hopefully this would be the bbc and not just fox bbc picking this up for american television i don't even know that's a different way to pick it up but anyway bbc picks it up I and mean, yes we're going with the eighth doctor because of course now you can reset it right because grace said no yes. to, to the offer to travel and you know one of the few companions i think to say no well, Donna, like I said, Donna and Grace, and I'm sure yeah, there's a few others, yeah. but that's that's all I can think of off the top of my head. And then, you know, you could do whatever you wanted.
1: Yeah, and I think if the BBC had picked it up on its own, um, there could have been some interesting things. I mean, Paul McGann's an interesting actor, a great actor, and, and I think that they could have... Have moved forward. And I think even if Fox and BBC had picked it up, he can always, you know, in the same way that Donna said no, and then comes back. Mm-hmm. They could have done that with Grace if they had so chosen, or he could have gone somewhere else in America. Would have been interesting, I think, to see. We don't see a whole lot of American stuff in Doctor Who.
0: Not until the eleven, when he was sort of the the, yeah, the uh, river or you know uh-huh, starting the, the desert series. Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah. I do get the yeah. impression that Fox would have wanted it to be a little grittier. Yes. You know, that would have been a bit of a shame, but yeah.
0: I would It'd have been be very cool.
1: interested to see what Daleks look like in this, <laughs> in this particular There hooverse. would have been a redesign, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, none of this plunger and <laughs> egg whisker kind of nonsense.
0: They need to be on skateboards. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's the 90s. Spray painting. <laughs> like, if you've seen the, the... I don't know why this comes into my head, but, like, the Turtles movie, the first one. I feel like... I don't know when that came out. Surely around the same time. But that's sort of... How that's sort of very dark movie. I mean, I, I like it. It's a great movie. Um, but, you know, that sort of tone. The
1: grittiness to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and maybe uh, that's why people didn't love it. Because they loved the Turtles.
0: Turtle power. So you feel you've gotten your, your Doctor Who movie and your eighth Doctor entry and... You feel you sort of filled in the hole there in the continuity?
1: I, I do, indeed. I'm thoroughly enjoying having uh, the 7th and 8th Doctors standing on our coffee table at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little sad. This is the um, doc, the 11 Doctors uh, toy set I bought over in London at Forbidden Planet, um, almost probably 10 years ago at this point, maybe a little less. But anyway, I am a little disappointed that Sylvester McCoy does not have his hat. Cause that, that's... that's not to me, that's the quintessential Seventh Doctor. But nevertheless, I do like the Eighth Doctor because, of course, you don't get to see him a lot, and and this is sort of his the original TV movie one. I think they've made a new action figure to reflect his shorter hair and, and everything for the Night of the Doctor and the fiftieth anniversary look.
1: I feel like uh, the Seventh Doctor's too tall.
0: Yeah, he's, he was definitely a short guy. Though I thought yeah. the Eighth Doctor was a little
1: diminutive, not the tallest as well. guy in the world either. Yeah.
0: Seeing him, you know, he's,
1: but, yeah, yeah, but not as small as.
0: Yeah. Seventh,
1: so, I don't know, so, Speaking of the 7th Let's head into the TARDIS library My love
0: That's right I, I thought since we were talking the 8th Doctor And the attempted Though ultimately failed But I'm sure it paved the way uh, Doctor Who movie Why not go with the last episode ever Of classic Doctor Who
1: Dun dun dun. We look at Survival, which premiered on the 22nd of November, 1989. It was a three episode serial.
0: And I thought it was very interesting because it almost comes very close to the actual date of the premiere of Doctor Who, which was on November 23rd, I believe, because it's when Kennedy got shot.
1: Oh, right. Yes, yes, of course. I always forget that bit.
0: So. A little bit short, a sh- uh, few years short, four years short of an anniversary, but, you know, and of course, uh, let me do the synopsis real quick for survival. The Doctor, the Seventh Doctor, Sylvester McCoy, brings his companion Ace back to her hometown of.
1: Perivale,
0: And her old friends are being kidnapped by a race of alien hunters called the Cheetah People. It's a very original name. Who were shown <laughs> the ways to Earth by the Doctor's old enemy, the Master. Dun dun
1: dun. Yes.
0: So, I, I think this may have been your first exposure to The Seventh Doctor, outside of the Doctor Who movie.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, you know who Sylvester McCoy is, obviously, already. But anyway, would you think of sort of The Seventh Doctor in the, in the last hurrah and the last bit of classic Who that would play?
1: Yeah, it was all right. It was very punk-rocky, wasn't it? Well, it's
0: Ace, I think. Yeah.
1: Know. Yeah, and so all of her friends, and they're all award and stuff like that. Uh, but I liked him; he seemed fine. Mm-hmm. The, to me, there wasn't anything that stood out in those episode, in those particular episodes for me, uh, because we're getting it right at the very end. I didn't get to see a relationship build or things like that with Ace.
0: I always felt like it was more, you know, adopted ward. Mm. Which I, I well, I was going to say that can be the companion in relationship, but not always really. No, but I think this is more but the paternal. The ward, you yeah, know, you get, you get some, juvenile delinquents. Yes,
1: yes, absolutely, absolutely.
0: And I thought it was very unlocation. You know this. Yes, huh. in the
1: quarry in Wales. <laughs> but yeah. it, yes,
0: but even in in the in the town location, it it was very of its time. And again, that's again, that's not a criticism, but. It's definitely 1989. Actually, I think... if Actually, if I'm not, not correct... Oh, yeah, 1989. I was just thinking to myself, in Doctor Who movie, I did remember in the beginning they flashed to 1999. I'm like, mm, it's not. It's it's <laughs> 1996, clearly. But yes, but I, I thought it was definitely 1989 England, you know, on location. So I thought it was sort of very... You
1: expect to see Dexie's Midnight Runner uh, <laughs> Riders at some point running across, you know.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, mm, I mean, it's not a horrible episode, and certainly not the greatest, the... Cheetah people are exactly what it says in the ten.
1: Yeah, they ma- they kept. I kept having flashbacks to Mister Rogers' neighborhood and Daniel Tiger. Yeah,
0: I can see that. Did he ride a horse though?
1: No, I don't think he did. But that's what I kept coming back to mm-hmm. was a puppet, which was strange. You're a
0: puppet. <laughs> of course, we get the uh, Ansley's portrayal of the master. His, mm-hmm. Of course, his last portrayal of the master. So I was. Not only do we get the last, you know. Classic Who you get the last appearance of the Master, um, at least with this actor, and it was a it was a you know I, it's just certainly not a goodbye episode. They they didn't really like no. let's write a goodbye episode because we're being canceled by the BBC. It was sort of like regular episode. We'll tack an end to it, and maybe it was maybe they didn't know when they filmed it. For all I know, maybe they had to add the voiceover. Quite
1: possibly, yeah, because yeah, I was like, okay, what happens next? And you were like, a- nothing. <laughs> So, yeah, that was that was a little bit, particularly because we're so used to um, the doctor's long goodbyes these days. So, mm-hmm. you know, and sort of tying things up with a bow, and we didn't get that with Ace.
0: But, uh, you know, little you saw of Ace. I mean, she was juvenile delinquent, but she tends to like to blow things up. So she, I, you know, she can be damsel in distress, but then she can take care of herself for the most part. Mm-hmm. If she's not being like, you know. Yeah.
1: she's day. definitely a cheetah people now, though,
0: right? <laughs> and the uh, the master is using um, Devil Cat to do things on Earth for him.
1: Yes, yes. Who, uh, in your opinion, at least, has made a return into our household? So That's right.
0: That's I don't trust him. He yeah. could be just another tool pa- of the master. Pawn of
1: the master. That's probably what is happening with our cat. Though it
0: did remind me, not that I'm a big red dwarf. Person, just because I haven't watched it a lot, but it did remind me a little bit of Red Dwarf with the cat guy.
1: Mm. You know,
0: so the master with his teeth and the eyes, there was a little Red Dwarfy there for a moment. So the master's suddenly turning into a cat, apparently. Again, su-
1: these things happen.
0: I suppose if you really want to look to, into it, there's a bit of a, the darkness inside you, and can you overcome that, and all that bit. So, where the doctor has to convince Ace to let it go, and you sort of have this, weird to me, but I can go with it, the this, you know the sister of hers that adopts her. They you know they were enemies, but now they're hunting friends. And then she gets killed, and turns out oh she was a human too that had gotten turned into a cheetah person, and and sort of you have this sort of sister family. You know with Ace sort of being you know doesn't want to go back to see her family and just wants to see her mates and, and all that stuff. And so I mean, it was interesting, but then you forget the little coda at the end voiceover added. Where, you know, the Doctor's like, oh, you know, what's next? This was sort of a an attempt, in my opinion, out of a, like a Star Trek TNG, all good things ending, where we're not ending, we're just continuing these voyages, and who knows what will happen and next. And you
1: don't get to see anymore. <laughs> exactly,
0: stuff. exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, so more of a, a whimper than a bang to the end of Classic Who, unfortunately. But. Well, speaking of good things... What do you want to talk about next week, darling?
1: Ooh, what are we going to talk about next week? Ooh, are we going to talk about aliens?
0: We are. We're going to be talking about our favorite aliens in Doctor Who. Excluding Time Lords. Well, I suppose you could include some Missy's entries if you really want to.
1: Yeah, I I feel like Missy deserves her own... No, I think think aliens excluding Time Lords. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless you're going to talk about the the guy from Shada, Shada or something, you know, a one-off or somebody we don't, we don't see very often. I'm thinking of the uh, Adipose. I'm thinking of the green lizard lady who does have a name.
0: <laughs> and uh, a species.
1: And a species, I'm sure. Well, human, isn't it? Weren't they? Well, she's from Earth. Yeah. So
0: Terran. But anyway.
1: Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking of characters like that.
0: Yeah, So we'll be talking about our favorite aliens that appear in Doctor Who So feel free to let us know on the Nerd Party Twitter or on the Facebook page If you have your favorite entry you want us to talk about
1: Yeah, we should maybe do another poll
0: Yes, definitely, so look out for it Until then, and next week, darling, you're my favorite human in all of time and space
1: Aww, you're my favorite alien